All right, we're live on the Compound Growth Marketing Show. I'm John Short. I'm here with Quincy. Uh, we have an interesting topic to talk about today, content atomization. So uh, when we think about this, I think a lot of opportunities left on the table with companies, with their content marketing strategy, because they take content, they take the research, the effort to produce, the post, the interviews they've done, and they put it all into one blog post or one social post or one video, and they don't figure out the right ways to take the, the nuggets of information from that and turn it into many posts. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that today because with uh, generative AI, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. with AI tools like Jasper, Writer.com, ChatGPT, there are a lot of opportunities to continue to expand this um, uh, and, and really leverage the content you create, feed it into some machines to help you develop more and more content. So um, curious to get your take here, Quincy. Yeah, um, I've been doing some reading and research into it, and I think they're really interested. I think it's, so first of all, I think it's an awesome uh, thing. Like, I'm not one of those people who steers away from technology. Um, yeah. And especially as we look at shrinking, like, marketing teams and things like that, and how people are having to get really scrappy with, like, how they um, continue uh, with less people. Uh, and so I think it's great. The one thing that I'm concerned about or that I fear um, is r relying too heavily on the technology and saying, hey, like I'm going to feed Jasper uh, this idea for a blog post and then whatever it spits out, like I'm going to take that and like publish it, right? Uh, so that's the the one thing that like I, I, uh, I fear, uh, but I think that a lot of people have a good grasp on utilizing it as a, um, as a support versus a, a crutch. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I think it helps speed up the content production process. So when I initially started hearing about people building AI into their writing process, they said it reduces the amount of time to create content by about 50%. And that number feels about right to me. Um, it's not completely replacing writers. In fact, I think it places more importance on really good writers because the the amount of really bland, boring content out there, there's a ton of that. Um, and so, you know, I, I was talking to you before we got on air and I, like one of the processes I'm using these days is I'll take one of our videos that we've produced on YouTube. I'll throw it into the site called summarize.tech, which will write a summary of the content we've created. Another tool I use is uh, Transcript Forest, which will turn your video or your podcast into a transcript. Uh, and I'll take sections from that podcast that I really enjoy, um, copy paste it, uh, throw it into the command section of Jasper, ask it to write a LinkedIn post for me. It'll put something together, which has like the basic um, guts of what I'm looking to to build, the core kind of hypothesis of, of the type of content I'm trying to create to put out on LinkedIn. And then I do an edit, basically a rewrite of it 
but there's a lot of core nuggets in there that I make sure to to wire into the the threading of of the content I'm creating. So summarize .tech or transcript for us. Take that to Jasper. Have Jasper produce a couple of paragraphs of content for me to go in, edit, revise, and rewrite. Um, but that's helped save a ton of time in my content production process. So the, I think leveraging AI in the right places, it's not going to come up with something immediately that you can take and post out to LinkedIn that I, from what I've seen, it, it wouldn't be that good. Um, it doesn't really sound natural. It doesn't sound like my voice when I throw something into Jasper, but it is really good at kind of pulling some of the the threads that I, I really want to make sure to get through, uh, getting that into a content form that I can then edit to, to make sure it's the right thing. I and think that's real. Here's the thing. I think no content team I've ever worked with is satisfied with the amount of resources they have. But the content mm. themes that I think have done really well, like uh, like Aaron Balsa and the team over when she was at Predictive Index and the team still at Predictive Index, um, you know, I think about Drift, like uh, Dan Murphy, Dave Gerhart, when they were at Drift, I think HubSpot did a really good job of this. I don't follow as much of their content these days, but, you know, back when Mike Volpe was CMO there, those companies have all done a really good job of taking content from a blog post and then figuring out how to turn that into tweet storms, LinkedIn posts, podcasts, all those things that really allow you to multiply the places where your content is getting out to. And another person who's really good at this is John Manini. Uh, he has a newsletter, some good content. I recommend everybody sign up for that, pay for it. It's on, it's on Patreon. But they also do a fantastic job of that at Databox, where they mm -hmm. take a core po podcast episode, turn it into a written blog post, turn it into... Uh, LinkedIn content, turn it into uh, Twitter content, turn it in, like atomize the videos so they have different clips they're sharing on on social. And, and that is what I think more people should look at when they're looking for someone who can produce content for them is people who understand how to develop the right content from the, for the right platform and not kind of restart from zero each time, have a core base, uh, a seed of content that they can use to kind of leverage it across all those different platforms. You said a lot of amazing things in there. One thing I want to go back to though, uh, and want to call out is for um, a CEO um, who we have agreed should have some sort of organic presence, should be a thought leader, um, whether it's a CEO, an executive, CMO, whatever. Um, this is a process that you broke down that they can use to like leverage their time, um, build out um, thought-provoking content, leverage these tools, uh, and and build up their personal brand, which also brings brand authority and insight uh, to their company as to whatever they do. Like if they're a you know email security vendor or whatever, like that executive right. should be writing content um, that positions them as an SME. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for CEOs depend like writing for me is a clarifying process. So yeah. I can always find time for writing it that I take the content we have that either comes from inspiration from services or clients or prospects that I'm talking to. And 
being able to write about some of those experiences is really helpful for me to clarify and then turn that into new product ideas, new services we deliver, or vice versa, right? Sometimes it comes from uh, the, the products and services we deliver, or oftentimes it does. Um, so, but it's really difficult to get a lot of executives who are maybe at bigger mm -hmm. companies uh, than compound growth marketing to spend the time on this, or maybe they don't have the uh, kind of passion for it, or they don't have the same responsibilities in the organization in their organization that I have in, at compound growth. But I, you know, I, I think the one, the thing I love about summarized tech or summarized.tech or transcript forest or um, uh, let's see, automata is where, whatever the plat, wherever you're writing content, mm -hmm. you can take the nuggets from that and, and start to leverage that into longer form writing. So a lot of times what I've found is easiest is to find a half hour on the CEO schedule every once a month or once a week or whatever it might be. But uh, recording those conversations, now we have a new way that we can take those recorded conversation and turn them into a lot of different forms of content that still has that, that the CEO's voice and what the CEO really believes in, which which oftentimes for companies that we're working with is like a core belief across the company. So yeah. being able to figure out how to take those communications from the CEO and turn that into content becomes really important. I think the the second layer uh, that I wanted to get to on that, so we talked about the executive layer, is this aspiring um, uh individual contributor, right? Like, so now, like you're a content person uh, in the marketing team, you've just outlined, hey, this is a way that we can give your CEO a brand voice. Um, you go, you have these meetings, you build out this content, and then you present this stuff to him or to the whatever exec. And you're like, hey, we could do stuff with this. You position how you can leverage it. Uh, and now you've built out a new process. You've positioned yourself uh, in a very strategic way. Um, I think the other thing to call out uh, for content people and individual contributors is figuring out how to leverage content for different channels, like being aware of, like you said, tweet storms. Most people are writing blogs. They're not looking at tweet storms. They're not looking at like very strategic LinkedIn posts uh, and leveraging those content across the channel um, for that individual. Yeah. Right. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, So I think there's there's value in that. A lot of times we're thinking about how to leverage this information externally, mm -hmm. but also using it to educate internally is something that that I hope is, is part of the value of the content that's being created by people at Compound Growth Marketing, right? We have you, we have me, we have Matt Vasquez, um, and soon we'll get Kim yeah, it's like we're recruiting more people. Yeah, we're recruiting Kim. We need to get Liz if if she gets under, you know, if she if she's able to find more time somehow in her day uh, to create content. But it's a great way to have the the content be useful for people to understand what the core philosophy is of the companies that they're working for. I think that was one of the fantastic things that. Um, 
HubSpot did back in the days of like HubSpot TV. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian, their old founder, I forget what his last name, Brian Halligan, uh, the founder, Dharmesh Shah has continued to produce a ton of content. Mike Volpe, who is the founding CEO over there, they were all producing a lot of content. They had a podcast before podcasts were a thing called HubSpot TV, where they would kind of reinforce the messaging. And I think, and it's not proven, I've never heard someone say it, maybe they have, but I think that was just as important for getting everybody in the company to be able to understand and talk about the product the right way as it was um, for the external benefits of driving new customers into the product. I think they've continued that because I now follow Kyle Jepson, who used to be their CRM expert. And now every time there's a new product release, like he's the one I go to for information on HubSpot. I'm okay. sharing out his content and things like that. So I think yeah. they've continued that that template uh, into the I'm new glad one. to hear that because I, I haven't followed as much HubSpot content recently. I've kind of felt like their new... Um, their new CMO and their old SBOP of marketing who just went to Zapier, they kind of started talking about like Web3 and they were all about how like crypto and everything was was going to change the world. And then since then, they've kind of shifted to how AI is going to be. Uh, they haven't really focused on the market that they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I haven't really followed a lot of the content Um haven't been a huge fan of of what they've had to say uh, as much as I did kind of, I mean, back in 2008, they had a pretty big impact on how I viewed the world of marketing and and where my focus was and, uh, and, and how to take your product to market. So I haven't followed it as much then, but I'm glad they still have those like specialists who are talking about the CRM, talking about marketing automation, because I think it's so important. And I, yeah, no, 100%. And I think as like from a brand, if we're talking about utilization of this type of content, atomizing content and making sure that there's enough of it, like we talk about compounding effects, um, HubSpot's top of mind whenever I like think about marketing automation, um, just because recency, um, it's it, the experience that we have where like a Marketo or like a, um, Pardot or any of those, I'm not seeing the same amount of content or the same uh, sort of uh, spread across the the where I do my information, and so it's kind of harder to uh, to to reference those like without like a lot of that content and the spread and the compounding effects of all that content. Yeah, you. I mean, does anybody still work at Pardot? Is that? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I'm sure they still have people in sales, but I don't. I don't think there have been any significant changes to the product that I've seen. I mean, I I bought it 2015, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's changed a lick since uh, since Salesforce bought it. And Marketo, I mean, they're 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 in a dis different sphere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you see more CRM marketing automation content coming from like the Zapiers of the world, yeah. um, inflect, inflection point, inflection.io is another one. You see, you see it from some of the other like vendors uh, in the space, um, but not necessarily like the Marketos and Pardots of the world when it was like 
kind of a race to be the leader in the marketing automation space. And then, and then as you say, HubSpot, but that kind of aligns with my view of the world on marketing automation right now. HubSpot's still innovating. Marketo is just kind of satisfying that enterprise audience and Pardot isn't really uh, doing a lot right now. <laughs> and I think it also speaks to something you said earlier about like how you're able to be agile at a smaller company versus like a larger company. Cause like somebody at Marketo, there's like more red tape to go through to even put out this content and do this like atomization and things like that. Whereas like HubSpot's like really scrappy, super agile. And they're like, hey, you have the freedom to, to do these things and build like individual brands and uh, lift up the, uh, the overall brand. I would imagine Marketo and HubSpot are the same size. When Marketo is a part of, uh, when you look at just the marketing automation and CRM unit, they're the same, but it's a part of Adobe now. They, yep. they didn't really build in the flexibility across the organization to always be producing content. That's been a part of HubSpot's DNA since day one, where they still do kind of feel scrappy, like they're testing new things out constantly. And uh, and and they've always put in a big emphasis on developing content. Yeah, 100%. Just like you, John. You have always pushed us to, to, to develop content. I'm and I see the value for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got to get the DNA of, of our company out there. And I think that comes, especially in a human services firm, from the people. Uh, and so I think it's really important. And it, I mean, there's no... People are watching. Uh, we've talked about the dark funnel. Like it may come back to you like five months later. Yeah, I saw this video you did or this post that you did, or I follow all your posts. They're not directly engaging, but people are watching these things. They're learning from you. They may be implementing your idea within their organization and you have no idea uh, and changing mindsets. Uh, but I think it's just all uh, all up a lift, like rising tides raise all ships. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh love it well thank you all for joining this uh thank you all for listening in as we talk about content again the main points for me are it's really important to think about the ways to take the core piece of content you create whether it starts with a newsletter blog post podcast etc and think about the different ways to build off of that to have different content out there on different platforms i think ai has been incredibly helpful for me of being able to go back to older content, uh, kind of work on a rewrite or take one specific nugget, like one paragraph of that content and turn it into a whole new post. Summarize.tech is great for taking YouTube videos and building a summary of it. It also does some transcription. Transcript Forest is another company that is doing a lot of uh, transcription and you can take specific blocks of text from that that you think were really valuable and, and figure out how to turn that into a LinkedIn post. There's another uh, company that I've been in touch with the, the founder of. Um, it's, uh, let me see, buyautomata.io. Um, they are really interesting in that kind of Jasper space, but really focused on taking content that you've developed and helping you to reformat that for different audiences, for, for different uh, platforms that you're on. And, and they're working on some other things that I think are really exciting for the future of 
content development, especially as we think about how to leverage more content from CEOs, thought leaders. And then I'm using Jasper.ai. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. I've heard writer.com is good. And obviously a lot of people are using chat GPT, but all these tools can be used to help us create more content, but you do need a really strong kind of core nugget of, of content to be working from. So thank you all. We're going to let Quincy play you out. Uh, check out his Spotify page. What is it? Quincy Forte. Quincy Forte, uh, yep. You can hear more of his music on Spotify. Thank you all for listening.